0: Merry Christmas again.
1: Oh my goodness.
2: That
1: sounds vaguely familiar.
0: Is this thing on? This is Big Green.
1: Here we are, another Christmas with Big Green.
3: It's the Big Green Christmas Special 2015 Special Production of Ned Trek. Ned Trek from Town. Yes, indeed, you're going to enjoy it.
1: Four new Big Green songs. I, and I promised to put away the kazoo. Kazoo playing for Matt. <laughs> A bit of pointless conversation. Very pointless. And, and some quotes.
2: Oh,
1: Celebrate with us. Stay tuned. You
4: better, or else I'll keep slaying. We'll <laughs> wrong. No! Here comes Santa Claus. Here
5: comes Santa Claus. Downside it was land Flicks of bliss and all layers of reindeer Ha! This is Lee Mages.
3: It was the best of times, it was the worst of times. Worse, because I'm stuck doing these voiceover jobs. Best, because I'm paid like a king for doing it. Anyhow, I don't mind. Besides, this is a classic story. Kind of like Captain Hook, or something by Bart Shakespeare. Now let me get started. <coughs> Old Man Bane was dead. That was for damn sure. Now that we got that out of the way, let's see what his surviving partner Wilbenezer Stooge is up to over the company counting house. Robber Baron's Logs Date Christmas! <laughs> it's actually Christmas Eve, and I'm here in the luxurious 19th century Bain counting house, stacking up little coins into teetering towers of golden joy. You know, the part I love best about being a robber baron is counting money in front of my impoverished employees like poor old Ned Crapshit, who can barely afford his feed corn, let alone that chair I rent to him. <laughs> God bless me, everyone. Shut up,
4: Wilbenezer. I mean, please, Mr. Stooge, can I have the day off tomorrow? It's just once a year, sir. I'm here busting my ass for 12 hours on the other 360... um, four... something like that. Every time I try to stamp out that many... I lose
3: count! (laughs) The invisible ass of the marketplace. I love it! Hey, curses! Now I've lost count! Oh well, I guess I'll have to start over again. It'll be my pleasure. One doubloon, two doubloons, three precious doubloons. (laughs) You know, I may just have all eight pieces of eight here.
4: (laughs) Focus, Willard! You dead an old freak! I mean, please, Mr. Stooge! It's very important that I have the whole day off tomorrow. It is Christmas, sir. Jesus, it's hard to talk this stupid.
3: I suppose you want to spend it with your family. <laughs> you know, Ned, I never approved of families, except for those six or seven times I ran for president. And it's only fair that I should tell you about the new family surcharge that the Human Resources Department just implemented. On my recommendation, of course. <laughs> For every child, I dock you your whole salary plus sixpence, which is twice your salary last I checked. (laughs) I'm so good to you, Mexicans. Música, danza!
4: (laughs) I'm a palomino, you ding dong. And the only family I ever had changed its name to LePage years ago.
3: Well now, they must be related to my favorite governor in the Northeast. That man has a mind like a steel lobster trap. You know, he just instinctively knew how to remove murals of communist riveters from the state buildings. Born mean! He couldn't do the Lord's business otherwise.
4: (laughs) (sighs) Nobody's talking about my family, Mr. Stooge. I need a hoof manicure, and my guy's only open on freaking Christmas. He's a Mrs. Claus impersonator. If you ever heard of such a thing, he files down hooves while waiting on the Santa impersonator to get the manacles back on his elf slaves. It's all part of their post-season incarceration.
3: Hell, Ned, we have files all over this office. Mostly on people who owe us money, or people who owe people who owe us money. Just bought up a warehouse of IOUs. (laughs) Gonna send them to one of our Wall Street firms and turn them into they owe mes
4: (laughs) Not that kind of file. Jesus, just give me the goddamn day off, will ya?
3: Oh, all right then, Ned. I'll make a deal with you. You forfeit your salary for another seven weeks, and you can take tomorrow off. So long as you pay me double for your chair rental that day. <laughs> and you have to train tomorrow's substitute horse to wield a coal scuttle. Deal? Deal? You're getting soft, Mr. Stool. What, are
4: you thinking of running for governor of Massachusetts again?
3: Gosh, no. They already have a smarmy Republican. Saw him in my oatmeal this morning. (laughs) It was my pleasure to pour syrup on his lumps.
4: Better go easy, then. Old man Bane would roll over in his grave if he heard this.
3: (laughs) No worries, Ned. You know what they say in the counting house. I'll be gone, you'll be gone. (laughs) Besides, I got a feeling I'll be hearing from my old friend Rince Bribus any day now. You know, I used to drive a Bribus until I found it was a godless hybrid. I had one of my drivers flush the hippies out of it. It's a respectable diesel bus now.
4: What? Are you kidding, Willard?
3: I never kid about anything, Ned. Just ask my kids. You can start with brag and make your way down to Tate. Anyhow, the chairman of the Republican Party, Wince Priestess, is about to call me on the blower. They're going to need somebody to step into the breach next year, and I'm their man. (laughs) That's why I showed you a little compassion just now. Old Wince also wants me to be meaner to Mexican hombres. To that I say, olé! I'm back. And so, Wilberneezer Stooge locked up the county house and made his way down through the streets of old London town, taking wrong turns and stepping in front of carriages, mostly because they drive on the wrong side of the road. And is that his fault? Heck no! He doesn't know one end of London from the other. And neither end looks anything like Utah, except for the foggier parts where you can't see anything. For all anybody knows, those parts might actually look like Utah. Anyhow, he rode the car elevator up to the penthouse apartment he stole from old man Bane's rightful heirs. Fired his new housekeeper, fifth one this week. Then sat in front of his 350-inch diagonal flat-screen fireplace, warming his hands on the theater sound system. As he spooned up some beluga caviar and washed it down with a good swallow of Moët and Chandon Dom Pérignon wet gold, I think that's some kind of whiskey. He heard his study door swing open with a bang in the dim light of the opulent hallway. Wilbness could see the outline of a figure. It was the unmistakable shape of his long-departed mentor, old man Bane. Wilbness. Gosh, all this cheap wine must be going straight to my melon. I'm seeing dead board members. <laughs> well, maybe now I can finagle a way to use their proxies. Well, bunny's a stooge. That has to be an angel talking to me. This pretty much happens every time I eat an underdone potato or a curd of unpasteurized monkey cheese. Well, bunny's a stooge. I do hear a dead business associate. <laughs> hey, who the heck are you, big fella? Ask me who I was. Gotcha. (laughs) This is one of those parlor games like No Risk or Hostile Takeover Parcheesi. Okay, I'm game. Who was you? I mean, (laughs) who were you?
4: (laughs) I am your mentor, Bill Cop
3: Holy cats. You do look like old Bilbo Bane. Now that you have that plastic hood off, it's a little late for a board meeting. Hey, but wait a minute. We cast you out years ago. And yet, here you are. You really let yourself go after you died. (laughs) I remember now. I thought we posthumously baptized your carcass. (laughs) I wonder whose carcass that was then. (laughs) I'm thinking it may have been some other pirate. There's been a few around the office lately.
4: Yes, the restless spirit of my fortune has long since departed from the Limited Liability Corporation that bears my name. It was condemned to roam the Earth in search of a new home, a new hose through which it can satisfy its rapacious ambitions.
3: You know, I understood some of that. But Bilbo, did your fortune ever find a tax shelter? Were there no prisons to invest in, no workhouses?
4: Yes. But at a moment of weakness, I send some of my fortune to the Boys and Girls Club of Boston. Now that money will never again be free to pillage and burn. Now it is condemned to fund after-school programs and camp counselors. Eternal torment! Oh!
3: Gosh, that's awful, Bilbo. But hey, what's that got to do with me?
4: Will Vanessa, you too, have had such a moment of fatal weakness? Your cock, Ned shit trotted away this very night with so slight a penalty for his truancy that he may well survive the winter, thereby failing to decrease the surplus population.
3: on the Blankety Head. You saw me do that, huh? (laughs) You
4: have but one chance to redeem yourself, Wilbur Neeser Stooge.
3: Oh well. Okay, another 1% of gross profits handed over to my church. I mean, on top of the mandatory 10%. Would that take care of it? I can just think of their good works now, defeating godless amendments in other states and spreading the good word to some French resort town during wartime. This very night, you will be visited by three spirits. Well, now, Bilbo, you know I don't drink. <laughs> Especially on this most holy of the high holy days. Heck, I can't even sniff those spirits of yours without losing the lease on my Mormon underwear. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Luckily, we own the company that repossesses that stuff. My butt is sure to be triply locked up and sacred by the time we leave here today. <laughs>
4: Ghostly spirits, you don't! Expect the first spirit when the clock strikes one!
3: Um, rightio, Bilbo! <laughs> hey, tell the kids I said hi. Wait, he's gone! And I fired my housekeeper. Well, I expect he'll let himself out. No matter. Night-night, big pile of money. Sleep tight, slightly smaller pile of money. Don't let the capital gains tax bite. <laughs> Morning already? Couldn't be. Where's Rodrigo with my breakfast tray? Hmm, maybe I did some downsizing in my sleep. But if that's the case, where is new Rodrigo with that tray? Um, Lubinisha? Oh, hello there! You must be new Rodrigo. What stable are you out of? I'm guessing the Philippines. Be sure to remind me to dock you 50 shillings for starting work on a holiday. Hey, you're kind of old for a serving boy, but no matter. You may serve me now. Chop-chop! I am the toast of Christmas past. (laughs) You've never seen the like of me before. That is, unless you were alive in the 1980s. I myself was barely alive in my 80s. (laughs) Sounds lovely. A little toast from my Christmas repast. Since you're serving me, you must know my favorite... I like my toast a nice Pantone 1805. If it gets a little 1807 ish, toss it out and start again! Come with me to the window, Wilbedeezer, we'll and we will see the shadows of what was. <laughs> Go to the window! <laughs> okay, Uncle Ronnie, I'm game. What do we do? Puff the air out of our lungs and kick off? Saw them do that on another show once. <laughs> I tried to corner the market on Cosmonium after that, but it doesn't exist yet. <laughs> Hey, which reminds me, can we stop off at 1997? Well, Mr. Stools, you just stand in front of the window and wait for the transition music. Transition. Hey, where are we now, Uncle Ronnie? Well, it looks like we're in Southern California. No, wait a minute. Those trees. They're all the right size. This must be Cranbrook Boarding School in Bloomfield Hills, Michigan. I was a boy here. <laughs> Not that I was anything other than a boy anywhere else, you understand? Gosh, no. <laughs> Is that you over there, Wilmaneezer? Standing next to the blackboard? No, Mr. President. You're pointing at a co tree. That's me over in the cloakroom, going through all the other boys' pockets. <laughs> Those are my first involuntary investors. I would have made the switch to bilking widows and orphans sooner, but no one would ever show me where their cloakroom was. I think it may have been off the quad. Rodrigo?
0: See, headmaster? Bring down Master Stooge's trunk. Not the little one. The steamer trunk. The one with all his stock certificates and other valuables. See, headmaster, right away?
3: Hold it right there, Rodrigo. You can take the little one, too. That's the one that I use to carry my bullion around. I borrowed it from Pop. I plan to pull myself up from my own bootstraps with it. Oh, see, Master Stooge? You oh. sees oh. Oh. very heavy, sir. Oh. Oh. It ain't heavy, Rodrigo. It's my bullion. <laughs> I love that little joke. I like to sprinkle my humor with references to hit songs of the day. Next up, a little Mac the Knife. See, master stooge. Wait, wait, Rodrigo. Maybe you're right. That does seem a little heavy. See, sir. It is. Why don't you take two trips? That way you can get the rest of my luggage on the second go-round. What the heck, you can carry me up as well. These legs aren't made for walking. (laughs) There I go again. (laughs) You let him off easy, Wilbernezer. He probably has a Cadillac parked out back. The same one that he uses to drive to the welfare office, eh <laughs> I suppose they did. Dear old Rodrigo, he never could carry twice his weight. Not even now. Haven't put new Rodrigo through his trials yet. I've got high hopes for him. Might take him out to the track and try to jump him this year. Well, here you are at Stanford, Mr. Treestand. My word, yes. That's me over there holding the protest sign. You were protesting against the Vietnam War? Almost right, sir. I was protesting against people protesting against the war. It ticked me off that these sloppy kids didn't believe in the righteousness of our cause, and I really wanted to do my part, especially, um, since circumstances would keep me from joining the fight. (laughs) saint (laughs) I was busy fighting the bigger fight and trying to smuggle God into France. The 60s were a time of agonizing reappraisal, Mr. President. That and multiple draft deferments. Actually, later that same day, I dressed up like a policeman and confiscated some of their hippie beads. Turns out they weren't worth anything on the open market. I ended up dressing up like a dude, and I used them to buy mineral rights from indigenous peoples. You know, they made me an honorary member of their tribe. Either that, or they were shooting at me. (laughs) I like to believe the former. Anyhow, you can see their smiling faces pulling 12-hour shifts in one of our Columbian Venom factories. Yes, well, very commendable. This was obviously a total waste of time. Let's move along, shall we? Do you recognize this place, Mr. Silkbone? Because I certainly don't. Indeed I do, Mr. President. It's Nixon's White House. My father was Secretary of Housing and Urban Development here. There's the old man Nixon himself. Does everyone have some punch? Let me make myself crystal clear. Everyone should have a glass of punch. It's the only way we can all operate on the same mental level. We certainly do, Mr. President. Except I'm drinking moonshine whiskey from the jug I always keep handy. And I can always remember where it is because I keep it next to my other jug. I don't want any punch, sir. I believe it has some alcohol in it, so I'm afraid everyone gets punched. That's an order. It'll put hair on your chest, young man. And any son of George Romney would be in sore need of that. Am I right? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> What's that again? I can't hear you, young man. You're too far away from the table lamp. Speak directly into the lampshade so that I can hear better. Some day posterity will get to hear you kissing my posterior. You're a Harvard man, aren't you? That makes it even more important. Um. Yes, sir. That's better. You're coming through loud and clear. If you talk to your dad about his plans for the next election, be sure you do it close to that lamp. Now everybody dance. Drink, drink more. We need to get loose in this office. I can feel an embarrassing tirade coming on for Christ's sake. on (laughs) That Nixon, he sure knew how to throw a party and a presidency. (laughs) Never mind that now, Mr. Two said. See yourself in love. Oh, well, you'll be mine. Forever and ever. Right, right. That was my first big, beautiful pile of money. Those crisp hundred-dollar bills. I can never resist them. I youth. And yet, you didn't marry that pile of money, Mr. Screws. You married your wife, Fan. Um, that's Anne, Mr. President. (laughs) Not to suggest that you're anything but infallible, sir. (laughs) Actually, I meant to marry the big pile of cash, and was just standing behind it when the Mormon bishop performed the joining ceremony. I was a little cheesed off, I must admit. But when I saw how good she was at doodah dancing, I was sold. Thought I'd rope in a whole stable of wives after that. Just like my pioneer forebears. But I never got around to it. No time for multiple wives or multiple bears. Always busy. Before long, your union was blessed with issue. Ah, yes. Tag, Tug, Jared, Heath, Nick, and Little Eugene. Though Ann and I wrote him out after the first few episodes. Too much of an egghead. Hey, he went to Berkeley. Maybe your National Guard gassed him for us. Thank you, sir. I salute you. And who's that little bundle of joy? Well, bless my soul. It's our champion dressage servant, little Buddy Hackett. Oh, yes. I remember giving him an Academy Award for The Man in the Iron Pants. It was a musical comedy.
4: <laughs> in this stupid farce, my name is Ned Crapshit. you idiots.
3: Gosh, sorry, Ned. Hey. <laughs> Hey, I thought these were shadows of things that were. Hey, I think I've got a shadow of horse manure on my new loafers. And I just realized that Mommy forgot to pack a baked potato in my knapsack. Oh, I meant to say, pillow, I'm getting very sleepy now.
4: For God's sake, Willard, this freaking play is dragging its ass all the way to the new year. Can you push the kipper along a bit? Let's get to the Christmas present part, at least before we have to go to a commercial.
3: Hey, that makes sense. And I love the part with the Christmas presents. (laughs) Okay, Mr. President, you've done your duty once again and shown me the error of my ways. Time to head back to the ranch. Well, okay, it's about time for my 2 a.m. dream of hanging from the hands of a 20-story high bell clock with Harold Lloyd. You can expect the ghost of Christmas present when the clock strikes, um... Um, when the clock strikes when the big hand is on the 12 and the, um... Oh, oh yes. Uh, I've got one more bit. See these two ghostly children beneath my robes? The boy over here represents sausage and eggs. Er, I mean, opportunism. The girl on his right is Bonzo. Or maybe that's bigotry. I can't remember. You may need to hire them both. They can run your campaign. I thought I had a few other kids down there, like Mickey Rooney and Bill Casey. I just don't know where they got to. They both looked delightfully round and smiled like Ted Cruz. Never mind that. (laughs) Consider them hired.
4: Somebody just ring the bell for crying out loud. You, producer's nephew guy. Ring it a couple of times and let's get this dumbass adaptation moving. Yes, sir. (laughs)
3: Oh boy, what a crazy dream, Ned. You were in it, and you were in it, and...
4: Ah, shut up, Dorothy. Somebody's laughing down in your drawing room. Aren't you going to see who it is?
3: New Rodrigo's probably going to go down there right now to retrieve his calling card. That is, if I haven't sleep-fired him yet. Come on, Wilbeniza. Get your ass down here. I don't have all friggin' night. Gosh, that ghost voice sounds familiar. Is he being played by Charlie Weaver? This isn't Hollywood
4: Squares, Willard. It's A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. if you're casting a Dickensian character, how could you hope for better than Donald Trump?
3: But Donald, <laughs> that makes this whole segment a lot easier. We're practically family. My money knows his money. Hello, Mr. Trump. Yeah, hi, Willard, you loser. You blew the election. You should have won, but you blew it. Loser. Great to see you too, Donald. What crazy home movies do you have for me to watch? Hey, I'm not your monkey. Just look at the Jumbotron behind me, loser. Roll the video! Roll you your fire!
0: Hi, lads! It's back into the ground with you.
3: How are you kidding? It's Christmas freaking Day, boss! Yeah, there's night no chance that are going down the to mine today. No chance of it at all. I've got orders from Mr. Stooge himself. Yeah, pen back. Hey, that sounds like Mr. Welsh, my chief mining engineer, preparing the boys to go down into the lower Bear Branch coal mine. I had Bane purchase a majority stake in that little operation not more than a month ago. Just call me Nat King Coal. <laughs> Chances are... Yeah, I told Don Blankenship he should go through with a deal. That hole is worthless. Everybody knows it. Anyway, here comes the part where you totally screw this up, Wilbeniza. I mean, you completely have your ass handed to you by these losers. Watch. Pipe down your pillock. I think I hear somebody's coming down the shaft.
0: Aye, sounds like himself it does. Ach, that's a new one. Never seen the likes of him go down the glory hole. Okay now lads, stand at attention
4: until the bucket arrives.
3: Greetings, troglodytes! Hi, good Good morning, morning, Mr. Mr. Stooge. No need to stop working, lads. I'll just talk while you chisel. I have a little Christmas surprise for you boys.
0: You mean we can have our quarterly water
3: rations a month early? (laughs) Nice try, O'Reilly. You're talking about nature's champagne. You know the rules. No pretend champagne until New Year's. No, boys, I'm here to tell you that the IRA and the Unionists have both phoned bomb threats against the mine. As a safety measure, Rodrigo here has a box of paper pith helmets for you to wear while you chip the coal out of the living rock. I purchased these for a song. Literally. It was by Britt Beckarak. Not one of his hits. Don't worry. Ha, that was very generous of you, sir. Isn't it, lads?
4: Lads? Isn't it? Ah, the troubles. Always puts the lads out of humor, it does. Sir, best to raise their spirits with a little tune.
0: I thought I heard it way back in the stony wood. Fiddly I thought I heard his horn a playing the same dear tune McBridey played. They party found the hand grenade. threw him on his back when Christmas morn. Fiddly by I well to my own. Fiddly by I fairly well to one of theirs. The same dear thing McBridey said. The car retired to his head and he wound up on his back with Christmas barn. The Bridey, the live lived before the Christian world, the still you blow your brother away. The Bridey, the live lived before the Christian world, died another Lincoln and Jay. the train. It's the same the thing McBridey sang. McBridey caught up with the plan. The throw of all his backward Christmas fun. McBridey, McBridey, you live in a holy Christian world but still you pull your brother away. McBridey, McBridey, you live in my prayer, my fibra. The granny, the granny, you live in a more interesting yeah. world, but still you blow your brother away.
3: Jesus Willard, are you still here? I got better things to do, you know, believe me. Okay, we're going to the horse barn where your clock lives with his loser kids. Roll video!
4: Hold your horses! I've got to get on my mark! Okay, let it rip! Gosh, Papa, look at the pudding singing in the kettle. You're an idiot, tiny dick. That's no friggin' kettle. That's the can, and it's overflowing again. Any horse worth its corn can make the pudding sing, so to speak. Oh, I thought I was a little off this year. What's on the menu
3: this Christmas, Papa Mad?
4: Same as last year, we're gonna carve up another lima bean. Nice and thin, so you can see through it. Then we'll toast our good health with a hefty pint of London air. Mean it, soot. I always go a little overboard for the holidays. Probably should resist the urge to splurge like this. I mean using a whole lima bean.
3: A whole lima bean? Mr. Stooge has been very kind and generous this year. True CEO material. Hey, I've got an idea, Papa Ned. Why don't we convince our gullible cockney neighbors that some dark people from another neighborhood that cook smelly foods have insulted their god or perhaps their favorite sports team? And then when they take matters into their own hands, we can ransack their humble dwellings and take their lima beans and maybe even some some cutlets. When we come back, we can tell them that we saw some of those same dark people with some funny headgear breaking into their place. Hey, they might even start to pay us for this kind of work. It'll be like having a tunnel to the bank. Listen, tiny dick... Christmas is no time
4: for your neocon shenanigans! There's no freaking way we're turning this place into some military consultant firm where coward asses fill each overstuffed office chair! You'll have to find your own troll cave! Now eat your lima bean filament and shut up! I can't eat this! I thought you were just kidding! I'll break out in hives! I'm allergic to poverty and to legumes! Don't we even have any government cheese in the pantry? That's not your cheese! And we don't even have a pantry. This is Dickens, England, remember? A veritable libertarian utopia. Starving people all over. No assistance to anyone. No health and safety regulations. No environmental regulations. All kinds of child labor. Sweatshops on every corner. We get to walk
3: over bodies in the street every day. It's great. (laughs) You know, I'm kind of ashamed to say it. But I wish I could give that tiny fat kid some nacho cheese right now. Or at least, just the right amount to keep him alive long enough to get some war ideas out of him. Hey, perhaps it wouldn't even take much. He sounds bright. Hey, you know, credit to where credit is due. You're a loser. screw job, Romney, whatever. Your name is on this low-rated show, which, by the way, just had a huge boost in its ratings because I'm on it. Anyhow... You've managed to say the exact right thing in this here circumstance, you know? And you said it, and I heard it, you know? You were gonna take on the neocon kid and bond the living shit out of somebody, someplace, that hates us for our freedom to buy them. That took some class. And let me be the first one to admit that I am surprised? I guess you passed this little test with freaking colors, and you don't have to be fired. Not yet, anyhow.
4: You've gotta be kidding. Where's the moral here? All these stupid spirits are making this guy worse. They're giving him
3: positive reinforcement for his bald greed. Eh, My chief assistant tells me that my time is almost done. Finally. Still, one last thing. You see these two losers clinging to my assistant's trouser legs? You bet. Cute little critters. One looks like little Teddy Cruz again. And that other one looks like a little mini Curly Fiorina. Like, she just came out of my favorite music box.
4: Not the two kids, bit again. Didn't we just do that?
3: Yeah, yeah, shut up a minute, horse face. Okay, Willard. It, it says here that the boy is grievance, and the girl is, I don't know. Hey, Flunky, what's this say? Incompetence? What? It, incompetence? Really? Really? Okay, the girl is incompetence. Beware them both, it says here. Especially beware this boy. Now I gotta go. Where are you going, Mr. T? Back to the A team? Are there no casinos? Are there no penthouses?
4: What? What the hell does that mean? It doesn't even make any freaking sense.
3: It was a rhetorical question. Loser! Hey, they say that every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. That must mean that God is unleashing three right at this very minute. What a latter-day windfall. According to the Law of Averages, one of them has to be Maroney. This is going to be good. I'll be sweeping up revelations like dividends. And on Christmas Day, besides. Even his prophet toady John Smith couldn't manage that.
5: (laughs) This is the right room, then, Yes? Oh, no.
3: Ah, your holiness. Your coming has been foretold. I've been waiting for this moment for my whole life. Let me tell you, though, I've had a few false alarms. (laughs) I mistook a Moroni brand vacuum cleaner for the coming of Moroni once. (laughs) It had sucked up some noodles and was making an unearthly wail. I only managed to get a few revelations out of it. (laughs) And a few commandments written in noodles. Hey, I always suspected that angels wore turtlenecks. Seems like you'd be able to hide a few spare halos in there.
5: I really have no idea what you're talking about. I was just coming here to film some new segments that we planned to tack on to the old Cosmos series. You're that Romney guy, aren't you? Romney the Lesser. Seems like we've met before. Until now, I've successfully managed to block it from my mind.
3: Oh, Maroney, you're so funny! <laughs> just like the other prophets said. They can hardly finish their good works around you. Always cutting up Hey, did you ever notice that the word prophet sounds like the word prophet? (laughs) Do you mind if I jot that down as the very first in a string of revelations that you are to bestow upon me this very eve?
5: You can do whatever you like. The realm of religion is a factless void, a chasm of illogical myths perpetrated by superstitious ignoramuses. Ironically, in all the cosmos... It's the apocalyptic landscape created by catastrophically reckless fools like yourself that most resembles hell.
3: Slow down, Your Holiness. I don't have a note-taker handy. This is great stuff. What did you say about the ignoramuses? Those are some kind of biblical beasts of the desert, right? Kind of like the legendary Electrolux? How many did God see fit to loose upon the land?
5: Oh no. Not another one of these scripts. I was afraid of this but it looks like we have to keep the lights on at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory somehow. (sighs) I am the ghost of Christmas yet to come. (laughs) I seem to recall that Dickens had a quieter notion of this character, but the writers of this production apparently had a better idea. Great. Come with me, Wilbenezer stooge.
3: Sure thing, your moroniness. I imagine we're on our way to Pennsylvania Avenue, which just has to be in Pennsylvania. Hey, can we stop by and see the Amish? I'd like to show you off a bit and show them the error of their ways. <laughs> Might be able to sell them some automobiles and some fancy driving goggles before we go.
5: Uh, President Stude, Vice President Carson just tried to stab the Mexican ambassador. He says he's even more religious now, sir. Heh <laughs> Oh, down
3: in Mexico. (laughs) No doubt I was just letting off some sin steam before making a hard right back into the Lord's arms. Besides, Mexican nationals are protected from all kinds of hurt by their faith and by those big sombrero hats. Hey, where's that chief headwear advisor chief guy? I think I want to pick up a Mexican hat company. We can outsource the jobs to Singapore. Oh, wait a minute. I'm not supposed to be in the driver's seat of Bain while I serve as president of the country, right? At least until we get that law changed.
4: (laughs) Really? This is the best our producers could do. This isn't even the Oval Office set. It's the stupid bridge of the Free Enterprise set again. Couldn't we just do this thing out in the hallway? Oh, it doesn't matter.
3: Do-do-do,
0: do-do-do-do Do-do-do, Looks like I got me a song to
3: sing Let the bells ring. You know, when you hear one, an angel gets his wings dangling. I sent out this election with mixed feelings. All my CEO experience. right here by my phone.
4: The on the verge of a nuclear war with Russia, and you're blabbering on about
5: some sombrero hats! Wait a minute, Ned, and President Stooge, we have a diplomatic solution at hand. All we have to do is send a different birthday card to Putin Jr., and this time don't write crappy worst day communist thug on it.
3: You know, I just can't take my mind off those sombrero hats. And what better piece of headgear to wear for a duck and cover drill? Hey, where's my double-dealing secretary? Do I own that Mexican hat company yet? Hey, I think they do annoying ringtones, too.
4: Mr. President, you're a freaking imbecile.
3: Seems to me that we never hear about the advantages of a nuclear war. Only the negative side. The gloom and doom stuff. There's more to it than that. There'd be real opportunities for us and for entrepreneurs on the ground floor. Think of what would happen in the real estate markets alone. Imagine getting all the deadwood out of the way. All the deeds and deed holders destroyed, liquidated. Huh. We could clean up, control the government, do things that maybe only a god could do.
4: Thank you, Secretary, of going over the deep end. We
3: already are the government, by the way. I think that it's safe to agree with a Nixon android. If we wipe the slate clean, then we could sell all the same military hardware and consulting contracts all over again. Then do it again. And again. God bless us with cash, every one. Right! Time to press the big red button! And remember that every time a missile fires, an angel gives me things! (laughs) Ned, did you pack two of each kind of animal cracker in the grammar school basement?
5: The only crackers in that basement would be you losers! Yes, I was afraid this was going to happen. In fact, I predicted it in my television show some 35 years ago. Not in this utterly ridiculous fashion, of course. But such a prediction would have required a gift of prophecy, and as a renowned astrophysicist, I could never have subscribed to that brand of superstitious kleptrap. why I would have been left out of Ithaca like the venerable Rod Serling was.
4: Ah, oh, Jesus Sagan, Wildenizer has learned his lesson okay, he's not the man he was, in fact he never was the man he was, and he promises never to let me off easy again. Now shut this bogus fairy tale
5: down! I haven't heard Wilbenezer Stooge himself say anything to that effect.
3: You know, I'm going to order up a nice omelette when the nuclear war is over. The beauty is that it will be cooked right before new Rodrigo even puts it in the pan. He's in a state of ecstasy over what he's
4: witnessed, Sagan. He's speaking in tongues. Just pull the plug, will you?
5: It'll be my pleasure to put an end to this sad pageant.
3: But <laughs> well, wait a minute! I just realized that it's Christmas morning, and I'm even richer than I was on Christmas Eve. Looks like the Mexican hat stacks were up performing all night long. To celebrate, I should order New Rodrigo to stand on his head. But first, I'm going to start yelling out the window for some reason. Hehehe. <laughs> Hey you, boy, the one with the Italian 12-piece suit. What, me, sir? It's me, Tiny Dick. Though I prefer to go by the name Little Richard now, for obvious reasons. And this is actually only a four-and-a-half-piece suit. My recent diet of minuscule portions of lima beans is making the pounds just fly off. Heh <laughs> very interesting. See how the unrestrained free market battles obesity like crazy. I'm going to add that bit to my stump speech. Well, at least of the secret ones I give to my donors, <laughs> the ones that aren't supposed to be recorded, you know. <laughs> what day is it? Why according to the script it's Christmas day. I know, just testing. Do you know that old yum decky and bull ferret that's been hanging in the butcher's window for way too long? You mean the one that's as big as my lower torso, sir? <laughs> yep, that's the one. What a delightfully chubby little man. <laughs> Go fetch it for me this instant. It turns out that new Rodrigo has some kind of undiagnosed medical condition. His celebratory headstand prompted a festive stroke of some kind. Damned inconvenient, I thought. Anyhow, do you think you can waddle over there and get that weasel jerky for me? If you do it under five seconds, you'll still be eligible for your regular wages. Just in case it's not there anymore, why don't you come back anyway? And if you don't mind, pour a rich hollandaise sauce over your back and put an apple in your mouth and sprinkle a few sprigs of parsley in your nugget. (laughs) Merry Christmas! Looks like old Mr. Stooge learned his lesson. Money and power are even more important than he thought they were back at the beginning of the show, and it turned out that they're completely consistent with modern Christianity. That's a relief. Anyhow, that alien ferret jerky was consumed with relish, which is the best way to dig into that stuff. It's pretty dry, otherwise, you know. Happily, Tiny Pearl got the proper nutrition, and ended up getting the nation involved in several prolonged foreign wars, each one more profitable than the last. For Wilbenezer Stooge... He became the jolliest man and the richest man ever to become president of this jolly rich land. And he always knew how to keep Christmas. And how to keep his staff working away on that day of all days. As Tana Pearl would say, there's solid evidence that the president of Blouyakistan is developing weapons of mass destruction. No, wait a minute. That's the other thing that he says. I meant to say, Merry Christmas. And God bless me, everyone. For Christmas, let's take it from the top We're 24 hours So grab a broom and mop Think you'll spend the day with your family Well, you got another thing coming Hey, what's new in this Christmas? You're gonna toil Again!
1: Splinters
0: already. Everything's gone on to be your fan a fan to the puna a peanut
4: butter? He invented peanut butter. Didn't kill George Washington
5: No He invented peanut butter Yes, he did Didn't
0: kill George Washington Yes, he did He invented peanut butter (laughs) George Washington
1: (laughs) Washington Carver Did that thing George
5: Washington (laughs) Carver Did that thing That's our song
1: Dedicated to George Washington Carver
0: That's right Didn't kill George Washington No Didn't kill George Washington Ooh. Sorry,
1: that's an old Simpsons joke He
3: didn't carve George
1: <laughs> like He didn't carve George Washington <laughs> Who was George Washington Carver? What, was he the guy that killed George Washington?
0: <laughs> no, of course he wasn't That's ridiculous He was... I am George Car- Washington
4: Carver's lawyer
0: He invented peanut butter <laughs> I use it to spread on my grave on my toast <laughs> my grave toast
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a very christmasy subject that so merry christmas everyone yes merry christmas to be our christmas special and a happy new
3: oh yes that's right <clears throat> and,
4: and welcome <laughs>
5: to our 14th annual christmas special that's big green's christmas special 14th Annual Christmas Special
4: featuring Ernest (laughs) Borgnine.
1: What the? Ernest (laughs) Borgnine?
4: But he's dead! Oh, but he's dead! But he's all dead.
1: It's true. And that's not very Christmassy. No. (laughs) What the hell?
0: I like it. (laughs) What do you think I want for my Christmas? But the a visit to the graveyard. (laughs) I was hoping to see his skeleton (laughs) for Christmas. Actually, for
1: Christmas, I think I told Debbie that I wanted, I wanted a skeleton for Christmas that I could put use as a bird feeder, like a full-size skeleton that I could put the crows' food, so the crows could land on the skeleton. I said we could put like suet in the eye sockets and and corn in the hands.
3: Corn in the hands.
1: That's the name of my new band, Joe. It's called Corn in the Hands. And this is their theme song.
5: Corn in the hands. Want
1: corn in my hands and want corn in my hands.
0: Want corn in my hands and I want corn in my hands.
1: Oh, I want corn in my hands.
2: <laughs> we seem to
1: be doing, like, little big flies. I don't know why. Yeah, you're right. That's kind of similar. Uh. Yeah, well, you know. I've only written, like, three songs. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> They're all kind of paraphrased versions of each other. Well, that's not a Christmas song, though. Yeah, I know. Well, Jesus Christ, we've done enough Christmas songs, haven't we, Jesus? Yes, well, we did Our it in the Jesus, Christmas
3: special! Jesus
1: Christ, lawyer! <laughs> you're not celebrating my birthday properly!
0: You I mean, so Jesus'
1: birthday properly!
0: Yes, you're celebrating it just right. I very much enjoy the way you do it. You're <laughs> sure to be a, a trip to the graveyard by the end? Yes! He's so nice and gloomy.
1: Indeed he is. So, uh man, what are your plans for this Christmas? <laughs> yeah, um I'll be going to work, Joe. I'm going to have a very beaver Christmas. <laughs> have yourself. A well very somebody's gonna take Christmas. care of the, somebody has to take care of the beavers. Yes. It's Christmas and for it's them. It's gonna too. be me. Yes, I enjoy seeing them actually they had their christmas tree today (laughs) i'm not kidding they cut down a christmas tree it was huge too it was like bigger than any christmas tree they've ever cut down oh my god and they didn't drag it to their pond so i did it for them (laughs) and i put it on put it on the side of the dam and then i looked at it and thought i wasn't thinking christmas tree when i did it and then when i brought it there i thought Well, my god that looks like the beaver's christmas tree so, and sure enough it was. So, do they cut down trees knowing that you're going to drag them? I mean, do they go a little further afield than they would otherwise? People keep asking me questions like that lately. It's like I was asked just yesterday if do because do, I was telling somebody about how well, actually, ca- someone, how beautiful someone asked me to ask how beautiful beaver carvings are. <laughs> Cuz beavers like will chew on a log for a while and sometimes they make really interesting shapes and it looks like, "Oh my god, what a beautiful carving." George Washington Carver couldn't have done better.
3: <laughs> On the body of George Washington. <laughs>
1: He's carving up the if body. If George
3: Washington had actually been the cherry tree that he chopped down himself. Or
1: he could he could carve George Washington's teeth in oh, interesting right. ways. That's right. Wooden teeth. Wooden? He didn't have freaking wooden teeth. He was rich. He had probably he some ivory. It's some poor person's teeth, and, uh, probably. Give me those teeth. <laughs> My teeth are forfeit. I claim yours. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. First they are forfeit. Now they're a forfeit. My teeth are gone. Yours are forfeit. <laughs> I claim them. Except it would have sounded like this. My teeth, um, <laughs> <peer>, I'm gone. <laughs> it would have sounded more
3: like Jolson. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> mommy. I'm poor, I'm Give me those teeth, Mommy. <laughs>
1: My walk, I had a
4: million smiles,
1: <laughs> and then my teeth fell out. He was smiling too much.
4: <laughs> I'm Jolson's lawyer.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Can't make fun of Jolson. <laughs> <No>, George <laughs> hasn't Washington been long enough. George Washington was like smiling George or something. smiling <laughs> Jack. Yeah, that's why they fell out.
3: Smiling Jack Washington. <laughs>
1: You couldn't tell a lie,
0: cause it had no teeth, they couldn't tell a lie. Cause it had, had no teeth, they couldn't
1: lie. <laughs> anyway, that's not very Christmassy either. Making fun front of George Washington's bald mouth. <laughs> so, back to, so anyway, so somebody just asked me if beavers, like, intentionally create sculpture for beauty. Yes. And I said, probably not. I mean they're they're eating the bark off of the branches and sometimes they gnaw on things anyway. Yeah. Like they're rodents, their teeth continue to grow. And so they do have to wear them down. And to keep them, you know, keep a chisel point on their teeth, they have to gnaw on things. But they do, however, put facing stones on their dam that I can see really serve no utilitarian purpose interesting and occasionally they'll they'll decorate with other things besides stones and i they'll use like some man-made objects sometimes like a beer can they'll like set an old beer can on the top of the on the top of a dam and i had one beaver a few years ago Mayapple, who um who found a shiny knife and he used that to decorate the entranceway of of the lodge, it's underwater. It's kind of holy, know, like like the old octopus's garden, you know. Right. Using.
3: But he just used it as kind of like a
1: an entranceway decoration. Yes, there were a couple. There were a couple of different things yeah. that he had as kind of the decorations leading into into the lodge, and one of them was a was a long shiny knife that would have definitely been buried if he hadn't intentionally wanted it there. Because it, you know, would have been subject to being covered with sediment, silt, sediment, and silt, and silt, and sediment. sediment.
3: I'm silt. <laughs> I'm sediment.
1: <laughs> so that was interesting,
3: huh? No, I mean the reason why I ask is because you've been carrying trees for them for years, so it's like, do they? I don't know.
1: Yeah, they, sometimes I pull to because occasionally they'll cut down a tree and it gets hung up in other tree branches. Around the pond, <laughs> around the pond. Do
3: your activities actually change their behavior at all? Uh,
1: you know, they're 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 wild to the core, Joe. So I think that they, they, they don't expect to get help. I think with these things, but they accept it, mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem to influence how large the food cache that they feel they have to make, you know, themselves. I mean, because they naturally will cut things down and drag them and store them underwater for the winter. And the size of that is not dictated by what I do. They right. don't take an account that I will be helping them. That's just the thing they do. I always thought it's kind of reparations for beavers, you know, because they were treated so horribly and heinously. They were essentially killed out of the Northeast, mostly. Right. Definitely out of New York State completely. Pelts. Yeah, right. For that was the first big industry in the Americas by Europeans. Yes. People. It was the beaver trade. Most of the beavers were turned into fine hats for European gentlemen. Yes. For Dirk macabre. Asses. Yeah. <laughs> macabre. For all the Dickens characters were wearing beaver hats. Matter of fact, they referred to their hats as beavers. They called them beavers. Governor.
3: <laughs> nice beaver you got now, Governor. That not a little bit too Aussie there. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Let's think think' like the a bomby? <laughs> Who's the Who's the bummy wearing the beaver? <laughs>
1: yeah, that's better. Those are all cricketers.
3: <laughs> ah, spit. <laughs> <laughs> Emmanuel hey, Kent was a
1: real Okay, he's turning into no, Monty Python good. routine. <laughs> I am Monty Python <laughs> You are so <laughs> so <soon.
0: laughs>
1: You
5: are so soon.
1: Yeah, we have to turn that into a song. Anyway, so Joe, what, what, what are you planning for Christmas? What, what are you getting me, Joe? <laughs> what are you getting me? I'm getting you one of these. One of these. What are you getting me? What are you getting me? Getting me a ticket out of the election season, okay? That's what I want. I don't want to think about it ever
3: again. Why, it's... (laughs) Is two years too long for you? (laughs) How about four years? (sighs) They only started talking about it the day after the last election. Ah
1: no, Jesus. It's so horribly old. That's ridiculous. Although I do like Teddy Cruz. I could see why, Matt. He makes me feel like America. He makes everything
3: sound like America. Soaring rhetoric. I'm going over here now. I'm going to buy a newspaper. Yes. Freedom. <laughs> it's only a parking ticket. I can't. Yeah, I can't find a parking space.
1: Liberty. <laughs>
3: Liberty. He's,
1: he's, yeah, I think he might be my favorite. Oh no, Marco Rubio is my favorite. <laughs> Marco Robit Robi- <laughs> Marco Robardio. <laughs> Marco Robitussin. He's been programmed well. Yeah. Ask him to transmit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he could solve any equation. <laughs>
1: transmit. <laughs> I've been calling him Marco Ruby Hole lately. That's uh, just Robitoid. out earshot. Marco Robotoid. He has been programmed by Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like watching War of the Cubans, though. Oh like, yeah, no yeah. Teddy and, and Marco. He said uh, that. Oh. No, he didn't. They're both intensely painful to me. whole... <laughs> The whole group of them are really horrible. <laughs> you think? They're remarkably horrible. They're horrible. <laughs> Strange. Yes. Yeah. Even the so-called moderates among them are like trying to start World War III. <laughs> yeah. He only wants to start World War III, so he's a relative moderate. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Yeah, I think Teddy Cruz was talking about bombing the desert until it glowed, or something. Carpet yeah. bombing it until it glowed. Yeah, and Christy was talking about setting up a no-fly <laughs> zone watches, and shooting down, down Russian, Russian planes. Russian
3: planes. <laughs> oh, that sounds like
1: a good idea. They should put like a laugh track on this.
3: Guy.
1: <laughs> 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 there's the Jackie Gleason one again. <laughs> and there's Desi Arnaz. <laughs> yeah, he's so funny.
4: He's so funny. Oh, Lucy of.
1: So i miss mitt romney we i mean we've got Jeb bush but <laughs> it seems like he's not going to be there much longer. yeah he's he's definitely gone kind of flat rand paul's good for a couple lines he's like Before he goes crazy again <laughs> It's like oh shoot his two minutes of sense is ever this is about to go crazy again there he goes <laughs> Was Lindsey Graham allowed in the last one? How come? He was in the. He was at the kids table. Oh, they still have a kids table. Are yeah, they, they still, still have a kids that? table. Okay. They, well, they got to put Pataki somewhere. Uh, right. Oh, so they they still let they him still in? have Pataki. He's like yeah. at zero percent. I know. So is Lindsey. Well, I thought he was Lindsay a little might bit be above one zero. or something. <laughs> but Lindsey was. Saying, did you hear what Lindsey said? This this past debate. <laughs> no, well, I could imagine it's some no, he was, neocon he, fantasy. No, he
3: was saying that. George W. Bush, everybody's picking on George W. Bush. I wish George W. Bush were th- we're in office right now.
1: <laughs> He's got
3: kind of a bromance going he with t- George W.
1: <laughs> he tastes everything tastes better on a on a Ritz. I know. Yeah. He misses George W. Bush. Well, so do I. It's which explains right. his popularity somewhat. I missed relative too. popularity. I, I I think I know what Lindsay's saying. I know. Well, John McCain must support him. And Joe Lieberman. Yes, he certainly got those two votes. <laughs> what more? Do, what more does he need? Where's Italian suits? How can he lose? <laughs> yeah, he's kind of a clone. Yeah, um, I kind of forgot clown. who else is there. Well, Ooh. is uh, Fuck a Tree still there? Yeah, yeah, the I think kids he's at the table? Kids table. now. Okay. Yeah. Kids table. Why didn't he get more support anyway? Didn't, uh, the ev- because there's evangelicals, too many of them. The evangelicals just, like went for Carson instead of why didn't they go for And that, now they're going for Cruz. Ugh.
3: It's because there's yeah, too many right. of He's them. like
1: like hyper religious too. Oh my god.
3: Okay, so like if you were if you had no interest in policy positions and you were just interested in politics, it would be like why are all these Republicans running? Why why are they doing that well, to their the theory, areas, right? they're trying to There's like, like fifty sell books of them or now. something. Yeah, but I mean Cums. that's completely selfish. <laughs> it's like they <laughs> Of course it Of course it is. Yeah, but there's <laughs> there's they could advance their self interest more by electing one of their own president. No,
1: they can't. It wouldn't make much difference to them. They get paid whether the ball game gets rained out or not.
3: Yeah, but they get more consultancies.
4: Yeah,
1: but they—they don't, you know. They just want to be on, have their own show on Fox News or something.
3: Yes, but Lindsey Graham so could be Secretary of Defense.
2: Yeah,
1: that's true. You well, might still get that. I think, uh, he could. although I don't know if he'll it's get. It's kind of what he's running Teddy for. Cruz. I think he's running for that. I'm not sure what <laughs> kind of hall of horrors <laughs> awaits us if he becomes president. <laughs> <laughs>
3: these are my masterpieces. <laughs> 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 I have announced my secretary of state. It's
1: Mr. Kima. <laughs> right.
3: It's the golden man.
1: <laughs> the hand of friendship. <laughs> he will offer enemies the hand of friendship. <laughs> yes, very amusing.
3: Very <gasps> <entertaining. laughs> Well, Where is Mr. Kima?
5: Thank you, Smithy. <laughs> oh,
3: Smithy. <laughs>
1: That's excellent. We should have him as a character on Ned Truck. Farnan there. He was from okay. Farnan was a character on Lost in Space that said, "Oh, Smithy." Yeah, he was. He played that as a total fop. Yeah, oh. as this kind of like.
5: But Argo, <laughs> And Argo's blind. Yeah, they
1: used him in two episodes. Yes. Was it season two and season three, or were they both in season, it was season three? Season three. They were both season three. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I was afraid. As season three further decayed, <laughs>
4: why not bring back Farnan? <laughs>
1: I know. Sure. The director's in a chicken suit. Yeah, I'll call him as soon as I get this chicken suit off. <laughs> <laughs> I can't talk to anybody in this chicken suit. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they'd invented
3: Bluetooth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's 1967, Joe. I know, there's no Bluetooth back. <laughs> there ain't no Bluetooth, but if there was George Washington to kill your for the tooth. <laughs> Gone full circle on that. Yeah, I thought I'd bring it back home. He doesn't need a Bluetooth, he needs a whole set of China. Well, let's talk a little bit about Christmas, Joe. Okay have so you told your cats about Christmas? I told them all about it. They know all about Christmas, Joe. They might hold it in their own way. Ah, cats don't freaking care. Yeah, well, of course they Every do. Every day's Christmas for them. Every day is totally Christmas. Every day they get presents. <laughs> they get a special present. They get something to John.
3: <laughs> Give me something to John. Here. Somebody
1: pets them. Somebody combs them. Somebody changes their letterbox. <laughs> oh, you understand? Somebody gives them a solid gold nutcracker. <laughs> Let me tell you something, boy. <laughs> Chicken will make you a meal. <laughs> <laughs> or you could have eggs for a thousand laying, breakfasts. Laying of eggs <laughs> for a thousand breakfasts. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Now sheep. That's about. It's about three weeks worth of mutton. You could have warm coats from now until doomsday or something.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Royal Day. Now, <laughs> in an episode of the Big Valley. God, we talk about television way too much. Yes, unfortunately. That is all television from like a hundred years past. Yes, <laughs> it's from another century. Go ahead. We're so old. (laughs) Well, I wasn't born in this century. (laughs) That's true. As Danny Quayle said once. Yeah, that's right. I wasn't born in this century. (laughs) And back then he was. (laughs) Yeah. He was. (laughs) I'm afraid he was. Whatever (laughs) Whatever happened to his head? (laughs) Something happened to his head. So what are you doing for Super Bowl Sunday? I mean, for Christmas. Oh, Joe. I don't know. I'm having some family over, I think. you going to eat them? I'm having family. I'm over. having family for Christmas. <laughs> Quite so. I thought Christmas was canceled this year, Rudolph. <laughs> we'll have to cancel Christmas.
5: <laughs> There's nothing I can do. It's this weather. <laughs> Whoever heard of a Charlie in the box? <laughs>
1: I want to be a dentist. We could do a real quick version of that show.
3: <laughs>
1: I think we already did it. <laughs> yes, we, we did it. Yes, What was that, like Christmas of three years ago? a few Christmas well, ago last year we yeah, did actually last year we did straight. the Romney Christmas special yeah we um, did the a year name. before we did the we did the
3: Santorum
1: San- yeah. <laughs> that was just an episode yeah then of I Ned think, Trek. think then the, the year, year before, before yeah. that yeah we did a Ned Track episode that was unrelated to Christmas and we felt guilty about that so we, we have a, a whole special Christmas tradition yes we did a special Christmas special special Christmas special oh, like a what was it like about guns I think yeah, I think it was about guns. Yeah. It was about goons. Because you know what? Let's talk about our Second Amendment rats. <laughs> okay then, <laughs> guns. I I have the right to have myself a Trident missile. That's right. Me too. I and have the a forefathers submarine. Forefathers <laughs> intended me to have that. That's right. They intended me to have. Uh, I don't know. All I, kinds of things that they never dreamed of. Because that's the kind of men they were. Uh, it says arms, so I think I can have that battleship. Listen, Joe, George Washington didn't give his teeth for
4: now. <laughs> didn't give his teeth for now. He did it for our Second Amendment rights. Oh, you dirty liar. <laughs> a 30 landlord's trick.
1: <laughs> oh my god, we're back to the big valley. For <laughs> Christ's sake. <laughs> you can't stay away from it. Those are all cricketers. Uh, now he's back uh, to... Uh, mount to uh, uh, you know, we're uh, we're hopeless. Yes. We Indeed. Should, we should have stayed at talking about beavers, but no. Talking about real things. Real things real that live things. in the world.
0: things interest me
1: now today (laughs) (laughs) we could only talk in quotes we should try that I mean why fight it we'll just talk in quotes that no one else understands but we do and we could have a whole conversation that way yes yes (laughs) see that was a quote right there we'll just point out that's all we'll do we'll talk in quotes and then say what the quote was from yeah just attribute it yeah Sounds like fun, doesn't it? No, it's hugely boring. I never want to do that. Yeah, no one would ever do that. <laughs> We'd be sued so many times. It would be terrible. We'd be stuck in the ice for three days. <laughs> it was terrible. It was terrible. That was... that. What was the name of the parrot? Jake? Oh, Jake? I don't know. Oh, my God. We're forgetting. Oh, it's not a parrot. It's the, it was the
3: dummy. Oh, man. yeah, you're
1: right. Okay, I was thinking it was Captain Tucker's. Mr. 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 Salty. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. <Salta. laughs> <laughs> Mr. Salty. Mr. Salty. Mr. Salty. Well, now we're cooking ourselves. <laughs> That's okay. Finally. Something Mr. that made Salty. sense to us. <laughs> yes. Quite so. Fortescue. <laughs> Mr. Fortescue. Mr. Fortescue, these are my suspenders. <laughs> now <laughs> we'll th- just quote ourselves. <laughs> these are
3: my suspenders, Mr. Fortescue.
1: No <laughs> one has ever said that before in the history of the universe. <laughs> that's what we should do. We should say really obscure things that we're just making up that sound like quotes. I think that's what we do all the time. <laughs> Lemon curry. Oh, no. God damn it. That was a Monty buy then. <laughs> Lemon curry <laughs> Lemon curry uh, Anyway, I guess we should uh, say Merry Christmas to the folks well, Are we going to s- play any songs? I guess we played a few songs for the Ned Trek Christmas special Yeah, we could toss in one or two others if you wanted <laughs> <laughs> In case are people we- are bored over the long Christmas yeah. holiday Well, we don't want to we don't want to strain you too much because we're, we're trying to do this in a hurry this time. That's right. Quite so. Difficulties.
2: Difficulties. Yes.
1: Difficulties. Indeed. Difficulties. Nothing but. Difficulties. <laughs> so why don't we sing our It's Time to Go song. It's. It is, in fact. Because I have to go because it's freaking late and tomorrow I have to run the Christmas bird count. Oh, God. Are you kidding me? No.
4: <laughs> I don't even remember what key it's in. That doesn't matter. <laughs> it's time for us to <laughs> go. I, I don't know. Do you ever play it in the it's
1: same game? It's time play? for us to go. It's time for us to go. It's time for us. It's time for us. It's time for us to go. It's time for us to go. It's time for us to go. It's time for us. It's time for us. It's time for us to go.
0: time for us to go, it's time for us, it's time for us, it's time for us to go. Time for us to go.
1: I'm not good. But he's got guts.
3: <laughs> I'm not good, but I got guts. Merry Christmas. Well, that's
2: it.
1: Hope everyone had a Merry Christmas. Or at least a Merry Christmas podcast. The Big Christmas special brought to you by the grunting kazoo of Matt Perry. Oh
2: my god, it sounds like an ape. Get me out of here.
3: Find out more about us at BigDashGreen.net. Check out our podcast.
1: Our new podcast at nettrek.com. Do everything he says, or else he will be
0: very angry. And you will not have a Merry Christmas. See you. Oh, please.